Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. I'm your host, Jason Tardik. Welcome to the pre-market trading segment where I tell you a little bit about our guest, what you can expect from this episode, something happening in the news this week, and a little update from my personal life. So, happy Halloween week. This week, we have Oz the Mentalist on. Now, Oz has this unique blend of mentalism and mind reading that creates this interactive, very entertaining experience that is redefining the very nature of a magic show, which is exactly why it's perfect for Halloween week. But what I find interesting and what you'll find interesting in this episode is, you know, he could be in a room with 50 people and he'll memorize everybody's name. He'll understand and seek information from each individual that gives him enough to then move to the next step in his process of entertaining via mind reading. He was on America's Got Talent and he's been everywhere. He's performed on ESPN, NFL. He has clients that are politicians, Fortune 500s, A-list celebrities. He has performed in front of the biggest, most powerful people in the world. And we'll talk about the business and the money behind it, but we also talk about like, what is it like performing in front of those? What are performance tricks? What are mind reading tricks? What are things from this wild ass career you have that I can take into my life? So you are going to absolutely love everything he has to say. Now, something that happened this week, it is so sad and tragic. Matthew Perry from Friends passed away unexpectedly at 54. And so I think about someone like this who has had such a wild storm of success in a career. How do we take such a tragic scenario and, and talk through some of the success he has had to let his legacy live on? I think one thing that's really important to know is that he had a very, very deep network. This was all before his show popped off, right? Going on Friends at the age of 24. But you could see who he was friends with and how he was networking and how he was able to get himself into the career of acting, which he started at 18. And it took six years for it to really pop. So you think about something that you want to do, a new venture, a new idea. Even someone like Matthew Perry, who is a global superstar, it still took him six years, six full years of work for his work to pop off. And then, of course, it did. Now, it came with Friends, which premiered in 1995. And none of the stars were household names, right? But we know that they became global household names. Matt Perry earned $22,500 per episode, or $540,000 each for season one. Not too bad, right? This is all coming from Parade.com. But that changed in an aggressive way when the popular show became the most important show in the world when Jennifer Aniston Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow, Matt LeBlanc, David Schwimmer each start bringing in $1 million per episode. So when you combine 10 seasons and the incremental raises they have received over the seasons, Matthew Perry and friends earned an estimated $90 million over the course of the series. Just amazing. Now, the other thing about Friends is among the most popular streaming series, the stars still are repeatedly making 10 to $20 million a year in residuals and syndication royalties to this day. Absolutely crazy. But Matthew Perry had a, a life full of ups, downs, lefts and rights, overcame alcoholism and addiction. That is one of the most powerful things he wanted to leave behind was that when you came to talk to him, these were his words, when you came to speak to Matthew Perry, Matthew Perry said, I want people to remember that I overcame addiction, that I overcame alcoholism, and I'm here to listen to you and I'm here to help you because that's one of the most important, most powerful things that I've done. So RIP Matthew Perry, let your legacy live on. And we are all thinking of your family, your friends, and your loved ones.
Something else you should know going into this week, U.S. consumer spending exits third quarter on a strong note. So things that you need to know is that consumer spending increased 0.7% in September. If consumers are still spending and it's increasing, it's a sign of economic strength. Personal income gains are up 0.3%. That's another one. And we are still seeing some inflation. So with inflation moving at the rate it's moving, it's likely interest rates are going to stay where they are. Uh, this past week has been amazing. I went to Tyler Cameron's uh, charity event in Jupiter, Florida for his mother, Andrea. This is the second annual gala they've had. They've already created and gifted seven scholarships to individuals that are in need of those monies to support their educational efforts, as this is a mantra Andrea stood by. Education was everything. And through this gala, they raised enough to give another 10 full scholarships. It was amazing. It was a beautiful place to be. We had so much fun. Nick Vial was there, Natalie, Matt James, Rachel Kirkconnell, Fran was there, JoJo Siwa, of course, big Tyler C. We all just had a lot of laughs and a lot of fun. So enough of that. Little update for my personal life. Things you should know going on in the market. And let's ring in the bell with the one and only O's the Mentalist. Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. Today, I am joined by entrepreneur, magician, and mentalist who many of you know as Oz the Mentalist, Oz Perlman. Although Oz took to magic at a young age, he took to Wall Street to begin his career before making the decision to move to magic and entertainment full-time. Now, that's a career shift. Starting off performing at restaurants, kids shows, and smaller events, Oz now performs over 150 dates per year in front of tens of thousands of people, including a client list of politicians, professional athletes, A-list celebrities, and Fortune 500 companies around the world. On top of all that, Oz has also championed himself to be an extremely successful long-distance runner in marathons and ultra-marathons. I get tired just saying the word marathons, throw ultra in front of there, and I'm totally lost. O has transitioned his love for magic and mentalism from a childhood hobby to a part-time gig to a full-blown business success. We are going to listen in on all of his tricks, financial, not magic, maybe even magic, and trades that have had him be one of the most successful entertainment acts in the country and learn how he continues to keep himself mentally strong in both his personal and professional life. Oh, thank you so much for being on Trading Secrets. We're excited to have you. What an intro. Damn, yeah. pump up. Well, pump up, man. I well, love it. You got me, you know, it's it's interesting. I've never thought that much during intro because you guys wouldn't know this, but O's had me doing all these things before we started. I had to pick my favorite card. I had to talk about like different childhood childhood memories were you like was that to like throw me off i just start getting your mind racing different ways i start you know start thinking of places you've been places you want to go like i get your mind going in so many directions that's how i pick thoughts out of places i have a million questions for you but i'm just going to start with the script here let's do this yep. for someone who's never heard of mentalism there's of course the definitions online that i looked up but give me your definition if they're like i've never even heard of that so everybody knows what a magician is i've never met somebody who doesn't so think of it as magic of the mind Right. So kind of instead of doing the traditional like, oh my God, you're going to saw a woman in half. I'm going to have you pick a card with a deck of cards. You're going to put it back and I'm going to be sneaky with my hands and find it. I don't need a deck of cards, right? I deal with thoughts. So what I've learned is how people behave, how they act in different situations. And I use that to entertain you and to my advantage, if you will. It's kind of like knowing the mental side 
of magic. Okay. And I apologize for not knowing mentalism. This is the first time that we've ever stepped into this world. No props, no nothing. If you're into mentalism, is it almost offensive if someone calls it magic? No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. Because magic is kind of, I don't, there's very few mentalists I know of that didn't start with magic. Okay. Think about magic. The way they do most of the tricks is they misdirect your attention. Correct. Let's say I look over there and your eyes go there too. Yeah. Right. Why did you do that? I, controlled you in a way mm-hmm. so a lot of the biggest illusions you've ever seen is you're looking at the wrong place because they're doing something else behind the scenes that you don't see interesting and so what if you don't need that prop anymore what if you take away the whole element of look away while i do something sneaky and instead the looking away becomes the trick so i will know how to influence your behavior think of a behavioral profile with the fbi what do they do they learn how people behave in certain ways they use those kind of like an algorithm you hear a lot about ai now oh yeah behavioral analytics so i'm not doing that like a computer but I do that more in the guise of certain choices. Let's say you pick a color, a number, a place you want to go on vacation, things that seem infinite in scope. And you go, I could have thought of anything. You couldn't have. You're actually more predictable and I can kind of guide you in a certain direction. And that's the skill. This is a, kind of like a superpower you have, huh? It's a minor superpower. Yeah. At home, my wife does not think it's a superpower. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe on my kids when they're teenagers one day, I'll be like, look at me, take out the trash. Uh, it's not really a Jedi mind trick, but it's not so much day-to-day life as it is within the confines of my show. And there's a lot of soft skills that help me in all of my life. Like things that the same way you can walk and engage an audience in a room is how to engage people and become you know, the most memorable person in a room, to memorize everyone's names, to know things about them, to... Do things that will help you no matter what you do in life. If you're a salesperson, a teacher, a parent, a boyfriend or girlfriend, like some of the skills are accessible to everyone. Okay. My curiosities are moving a hundred miles an hour. So I'm just going to fire away some thoughts I have. As humans, do we naturally lean towards something where you know that the probability of what I might pick might be greater? For example, one through 10. Like, is there yep. a, a chance that there's a number that I might pick over others, red or black, um, left or right? What are the answers to those? And what's the psychology behind it? Well, it's not, so it's not one given model. It's kind of like if you were sports handicapping, I can't yeah. say, well, they got the best quarterback. Well, does that mean they're going to win? No, there's all these other factors. A lot of factors that fall into place with what I do is group dynamics. That's okay. what's useful in other parts of life. Think about when you're with one person, one-on-one, how different they behave than when you're in a group. Night and day. Night and day, completely. Especially if suddenly that group with you is a corporate audience and that's your boss, that's somebody that reports to you and how you behave with them and how I can kind of guide you in a certain direction, whether they'll pick a certain number or change their mind or be a stick in the mud or things like that, change and shift drastically based on their environment. Hmm. And so a lot of my skill, if I get up in front of a group of a thousand people, somebody will come up to me at the end of the show and be like, oh my God, that was amazing. Why didn't you pick me? Does it work on everyone? No, I wish it did. You know, but I, my whole like gift is deciding who in the moment will give me the biggest reactions because that's what I'm in essence selling memorable moments, huge reactions from people. And that's what makes other people get big reactions without knowing any person there and literally judging someone like a book by its cover. How can you tell who would give you the best reaction or what are, what are things you look for? Is that the secret? Literally, that's a secret. If you had another hundred mentalists in and you looked at their success, I would define that as the X factor. The same way as a singer, what makes a great singer? Well, their voice, but I bet there's a lot of people with great voices, like that's your voice, but it's charisma, how to connect with an audience. And for me, it's how you get those big reactions, those emotional moments where people are like, wow, blown away. And you can see in their eyes, you can see a genuine moment mm-hmm. when you're, especially when you watch on TV, yeah. you can tell when things are fake. Yeah. It's like, is that guy acting? Oh, is easily. Bullshit? Yeah. Yeah. So you can tell. And people have, even from when you're five years old, you have a BS detector that you can tell when someone's faking something. To yeah. You. Totally. And so that's, 
I, that's it. Like, man, that one look, when I look and you smile, and like, I can tell, are you vulnerable? Are you a little bit introverted? Are you gonna, when I break you out of shell, just really explode? Those are like, those are the things that put in your 10,000 hours to keep learning. And every day I learn more. I've never had someone on the show though, and you even mentioned some of the professions like singers and stuff that I couldn't back in to understand how they got to where they got, right? right. Even if it's like Molly Bloom, who was an admin and then ran the biggest underground poker games in the world. Like some of the most obscure individuals that have come on the show, it's easy to back into how they got to where they are, at least from their story. With your background, bachelor's degree in electrical engineering from University of Michigan, you know, you worked in, you go blue, <laughs> huge blue fan, by the way, worked in global IT services, and then Merrill Lynch, like I can't back into where do you learn this skill set? Where where are you trained to do this? I was doing Where's this since the... I was a teenager. Books, videos, you know what? And this is pre-internet. I'm dating myself. This was AOL, like 14.4K uh, dial-up. So now there's no excuse when people tell me like, how do I learn something? I go, Google it, man. You can learn anything. Nowadays. Yeah, but how, how did you like- So like, back in the day- How'd you I, find this passion? Books, videos, and mentors. So I think a lot of what I started doing in early age was if I met somebody, this is a shout out to this kid, Ryan Hertz. Everybody knew him as the magician. He was getting into music. I drove this kid nuts, man. Like begged him day in, day out, drove him nuts being like, teach me a trick, teach me a trick, teach me a trick. And at a certain point he realized this wasn't a passing interest for me. I was obsessed, man. I was reading books cover to cover. So he started showing me stuff. Okay. And also I learned early on, make relationships give and take. When you just take, 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 people don't want to give anymore. So I started saying, what can I do for you, man? What can I do to help you? What are you into? And, and find those elements where you can provide value and add value to their life so you're not just taking from others. Because over time, you realize like the more you can give, the more you're going to get. Yeah. Okay. Within mentalism work or magic work, any of those, are there any sort of tips that you could give us that you have to use in that line of work that we could benefit from if we're negotiating with our boss, if we're sitting in a nervous occasion, if we're trying to distract someone. Like, is there any type of takeaway we can give that, that is used in that world? I can give you a few that are such soft social skills that yeah. you're gonna think they're silly. Okay. But I can tell you one that even if I didn't do any mentalism, when I walk into a room and I mingle, I call it mingling, I get to meet people, I shake hands, I do some stuff close up. And then after that event, I know everyone's names. And I'll have the CEO or senior leadership come up to me and go, I've worked with these people 20 years. I don't know half the names. How the, you know, how did you pull that off? Yeah. And it's honestly Dale Carnegie. Like it was straight up just very simple. It's not even mnemonics. Learning how to remember someone's name is a muscle that you exercise. And the main culprit is when you ask someone their name, you don't actually listen. So you don't imprint it on your memory. It disappears within about five seconds. Because as you ask them their name, you're getting ready to say your own name. Mm-hmm. So what's happening is your brain is switching two things at the same time. You can't, so what I do is I look them in the eye, I make my mind a blank, like full on, like meditative. White paper. Blank, white paper, and like... I will repeat their name at least twice. Okay. Ashley, how do you spell it? Is it Ashley E-Y, the uh, normal way? Okay. That's the right way. And then I'll say something like, Ashley, I gotta tell you, I love those shoes. And so if you can repeat it twice, give it a moment to sink in, it's kind of like it marinades. You'll be shocked that you'll be like, oh my God, Ashley with the good shoes, I liked her. And you'll remember it. And if you try that tomorrow, try it tonight, mm-hmm. if you meet someone new, now, it gets weird if you meet five people to be like, Jason, great to meet you. Great hair. Jason, J-A-S-O-N, Evan, you can't do it with all those people. You've got to like be, you got to realize how the tricks work, but I will memorize every single person's name that I meet in a night yeah. and I'll have it down, down pat. Okay. That's Another a big one, one, I take copious notes. So I will take notes. If I meet someone, I find out, you know, they just bought a house, they just bought a dog, they've got kids. I will keep track of everything that I hear from people. And I, I'm talking like my notes app. 
is just filled when I meet somebody with everything about them that I can glean, everything. You're all of a sudden a University of Michigan fan as well. And I'll keep track of that. So later when you meet them, it's business 101. If you can touch on something they remember, it shows you went the extra mile. And those are just ways to close deals or not even transactional, just to show people you care yeah. and make them the focus. It should be others focused, not about how great I am. I like to turn conversations onto them. What inspires them? What do they eat, breathe, and sleep every day? Okay, here's another one. Like I just saw your last post. You were doing uh, a trick for you're on live TV. Ludacris is there. <laughs> I love. Luda. I mean, that's a big. That's a big platform just to speak on. Most people would get nervous to even be like a correspondent in that situation. Not only do you have to speak and be like a correspondent and a guest, you have to put on a show and you got to nail it for all the cameras and the in front of them. Ticking on and live the clock TV. is ticking. So what are you doing in those situations to keep your calm? And I ask that because I think a lot of people back home might be in situations that aren't as intense, right. but they struggle with like anxiety or keeping their calm. What do you do to keep your calm in those situations? Totally. So I think there's two really great things. One is plan meticulously. So when you see me doing those TV appearances, I have literally thought through every single thing that can go wrong down to the silliest equation. You wouldn't even believe. Like I literally go through in my mind, this goes wrong here. What do I do? This goes wrong here. What do I do? And I think if you do that in advance, it's kind of like pre-negotiating failure. This goes wrong. I'm ready for it. I've okay. got plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. Like I've got everything lined up very effectively so that in the moment, you don't see me panic. Okay. It's a funny thing. My profession relies on confidence. Yeah. Literally. L so yeah. if, no, but I mean it, it's actually a physical thing where since I'm influencing others, if somebody senses weakness, if they see tension in your body, it's kind of the same way predator and prey. If they see you get tense, you know it before you even see it. Your brain processes it. It's fight or flight. You might not reply. Like when I say I'm guiding you on a path, okay. telling you to pick something and you could pick anything. If you notice me suddenly get tense, your brain will shift what you're doing and I will fail. So it's a weird profession where if I telegraph emotions to you while I'm doing it, I can actually mess up. Yeah, but how do you not telegraph the wrong emotion? So that's all that it is, is preparation. I think okay. a lot of public speakers, they're so nervous because, oh my God, there's all these people. What are they going to think? Screw it. Let's figure out what they're going to think. What's going to go wrong at this moment? I can't talk. My breath frees up. What could you do? Think of those things in advance. Okay. And if you're just thinking of them and having a panic attack, write them down, make a list. Make a list. You will be shocked that once you get through a list of 20 things, you realize the world goes on. Screw it. Yeah. You mess up, life goes on. What happens next? All of those things really help me to be prepared. And especially live TV where if something goes wrong, the clock ends. We go to commercial. It's not like an edited thing. It's not like here right now. What's yeah. the worst case? We cut this. Just we cut start it right over. Out. So if in your life, you have something coming up, a big meeting, you're going after a side hustle, you're going to now do like a big pitch or you're just leaving your job or I, a million different things that you're going to yeah. do, plan for it. Sit down, write out lists of everything that could go wrong down to the most ridiculous thing. I, my shoelaces are untied, I step on them, I fall over. Like I plan so much that when I get there, it's kind of like racing. When I go do an ultra marathon, yeah. my training has been so much harder that the race is the gravy. That's the fun part, man. What, so yeah. so I, when I stand at the start line, I'm on cloud nine. I'm so psyched because I've already put in the work. Yeah. Put in the work so that when the day comes, you're ready. Yeah, I don't think we do it that detailed, but what's interesting is all of us probably in this room to some capacity actually already do this. All these people listening right now, you probably do it. Let's think about it. Do you have health insurance? Do you have life insurance? Do you have car insurance? Right. Those are catastrophic plans for catastrophic events. If right. they occur, you are okay. Like, but what we don't do is go into meetings, into presentations, into speeches, 
giving ourselves insurance for those moments. And that's a really good point that you, that you said. And I think people could take a lot from that. I want to transition into from Wall Street to literally, you know, taking over social media, got 2.9 million followers on Instagram, doing this professionally, 150, you know, events uh, a year. And I look at some of the public things you did, like finished third on America's Got Talent in season 10. You returned back to America's Got Talent, the champions. Uh, you had a Emmy for your show on NBC titled O's Nose in 2019. Of these public, you know, television style platforms, which of these or something else created the biggest impact for me to go from Wall Street banker to professional, you know, in your space? America's Got Talent is like the part that just poured jet fuel on a fire. It was just explosive because that platform is so massive and just people get emotionally invested in you. So think about it. For a lot of people, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. It's the totally. old joke. I literally quit my job almost 10 years before I went on AGT. So I was already building my business, building my name. And I was a very well-honed local act in the New York City tri-state area. AGT blew me up to being a national slash international act where suddenly people, because people watch that all over. I mean, I've done shows all over the world because of that. And quite frankly, when I say emotionally invested, it's like watching a sports team. Mm -hmm. You don't just cheer a sports team. That's your team. Team. So with AGT, and, and keep in mind, TVs kept going down in terms of ratings. Eight years ago, it seems like an eternity. It's huge. But it was still, you're getting like 15 million live viewers, not to mention YouTube, but people, you become their home team. I had people that are voting for me, that are writing to me, like thousands of people that are going out of their way. Um, Perlman, I'm Jewish. So like a lot of Jewish people got behind me. Those are like my people and people like everybody, Wall Street people, it didn't matter what religion, but like I just had a lot of people that put their energy and emotion into me getting to the finals and winning and that love mentalism. And so you kind of represent them. To this day, I have people that come up to me and they're like, dude, I voted for you. Yeah. I go, my parents barely voted for me. Thank yeah. you. Uh, it just showed a lot of effort. And um, that show just blew me up. And from there, it was all about maintaining momentum. Okay. Because a Question lot of on people the show, get a though. big boom yeah. and it fizzles. Yes. You need to take that wave and you need to keep working it. And you need to keep looking for ways. It, as a magician or mentalist, most people that go on that show, not to knock them, Look at their credits. Look where they go. They get one or two hits while they've got that wave and then whew, drops down. Okay. So if you watch, I maintain a national TV presence nonstop since. I've had nearly 100 TV appearances since AGT. Interesting. And the, the main reason is I customize my content. Okay. So I don't mean it's like a social media thing. I mean, most people make it all about themselves. 99% of magicians say, here's a card trick, watch this. And it's cool, yeah. but it's about you. What do I care about card tricks? Yeah. But if I go on ESPN and I do something on Monday Night Football, which I did three times in I the last saw, season, I, saw this. I make it about football. So cool. the viewer that's watching goes, holy crap, I don't know who this guy is, but this is awesome. And they're still interested because it's about football. It's what they're watching. If I go on Rachel Ray, I do something that's going to appeal to a housewife age 32 to 49 because that's their main demo. If I go on CNBC or Fox Business, it's all about stocks. It's all about interest rates. It's all about... So anyone watching or a TV producer that we pitch to or that I pitch to, I don't come up to them and say how great I am. I know their business inside and out better than a salesperson. And I go, here's what's going to appeal to your viewer. Here's what I can do because my superpower, like you said, is mind reading. So I can mind reading any topic. I can go on a cooking show, a sports show. I can go on, you know, anything you ask me to do, you get me on there. I will make it about those people that are watching. And I make it tied in a bow so that the producer's like, this is great. Like, I don't have to do anything. Be easy to work with, over deliver, 
and exceed expectations and you'll be brought back over and over. I love the idea about customizing the topic to the viewing audience. And I think anyone can apply that to no matter what they do, who they're working with, whether you're a nurse dealing with a patient, an accountant dealing with a client, like that is a skill set right. that you can use. I want to ask you about America's Got Talent real quick because I think the momentum thing is huge. But when you're on the show, do you get paid to be on the show? And when you have no. success on the show, what are the monetary benefits? Or like, You don't get paid or, to be on that show. Okay. I mean, if I go back in time, I would have paid a fortune to be on the show. Just because of the PR from it. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It just catapults. Like, sure. I, I didn't know about the world of agents or managers or just a different level of booking when it comes to private appearances, corporate appearances, touring, just makes you a, an act that everybody also knows about. Yeah. Um, and it also gives you confidence. Like I did Radio City Music Hall three times, performed in front of 6,000 people live. Uh, it just like, it gives you your own confidence where suddenly you realize, ah, do I think I'm good? Yes, maybe, but this really establishes, no, you really are. You must be, or you wouldn't be there. Yeah. You can't how, fake it. How One of the big tips I give people is to find out your worth. What you yeah. have to do is really do some market research. You have to go to your competitors. You have to understand what they're paying. You have to do your due diligence. How the hell do you know what you should be paid after like your presence on America's Got Talent when there aren't like too many people in the space totally. that you can knock on their door and be like, what did you charge for this appearance? Like, how did you, how'd you find your way into that? Great question. So difficult. I think most people are their own worst enemy when it comes yeah. to what they price themselves out at because they don't see their own worth. And most people don't like hearing the word no, but the word no is so important in sales because if you're not getting no's occasionally, you're priced too low. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So again, you need to know the power dynamic. When I was starting out, I used to do restaurants. I'd go pitch a restaurant and I'd be the strolling magician at the restaurant. And for me, the value wasn't getting paid by the restaurant. It was handing out business cards to the people there to hire me for private parties, which were my real cash cow. Got it. And those also led to corporate events. So where am I going with this? After AGT, I was told to 10X my rates, which scared the crap out of me because I had a pretty established business. And I said, who's going to pay that all of a sudden? Sure. And you're so scared that you're going to cut your business. But certain times you have to decide, what am I looking for in life? Is it quality? Is it quantity? And what's your work-life balance going to be? So slowly over time, I got to the point where I wanted to hear the word no more often. That's how you know you're priced right. Mm -hmm. As for competitive research, start to do due diligence. When someone calls, don't just give a quote for nothing. Learn a little bit more about their event. Learn, sometimes they will tip their hand and that could be in any sales. Look at most startups that do, they have enterprise software and they have small business. They have different pricing for different things because there's different service levels required. So the same thing applies to me. I'm creating an experience. It's not okay. entertainment. I'm creating something for you that's very customized and there's different levels that people want to invest. Yeah. So you give people that option because some people want to spend more. Yeah. Give options, something along the lines of a basic, a combo, a deluxe package or you know, silver, gold, platinum. There's so much out there as to psychology of what people will end up buying. Yeah. But give tiers of what you offer Okay. So people have the choice whether they want to spend more. Okay. Give me a little insight into the mentalist world. If you looked at the top mentalist performer in the world, like the pinnacle, the yes. top, top dog, like what, if you had to guess how much they make, what do you think they make an annual basis? Per year? Yeah. I, that's such a tough question. It's so difficult to know that for sure. Yeah. Um, so it depends because there's, well, again, I don't want to conjecture without knowing. You'll probably Google it. Darren Brown is in the UK. Okay. He would arguably be the top one. I don't know if I would guess $10 million a year, but maybe not so, 7 to $10 million. That's a lot of money doing sure. that. Holy smokes. It's very funny because I remember, I don't 
book my own stuff anymore. Not for who, about do you have, years. Do you have a manager? I have a manager. Books yeah, it? so I'm not the person who answers the phone or anything. And how many bookings is your manager getting you? Like, I don't like how, did, really how does what's the process? Varies. You sit back, manager calls you, says, "Okay, Saturday, you're going to go over to this, this, and this price point. You good with it?" Da 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 da. Is that how it works? Somewhat. I mean, I trust her implicitly, so I yeah. get involved, but not really. It's like there's some good cop, bad cop, but yeah. I let her handle and I'm involved because I'm still there, but I loved when I got rid of the negotiation portion Yeah, because it's awkward when you do what you love for a living yeah. that I would do this for free. I'm my own worst enemy. Yeah. The fact that I get paid what I do, it's mind boggling. But you're also the talent. You shouldn't be negotiating this stuff. I anyway, agree. If you're you know? the person answering yeah. the phone, the psychology is, well, why can't I get it cheaper? Yeah. And they're like, well, you can't. Why not? You're running the thing. Just yeah. let's negotiate. So if you're the person running the shop, always have something between you. Yeah. I like have an that. assistant. Have a fake assistant. Do whatever, but you're yeah. not the one answering the phone. I like that. Even you know a fake assistant. Even yeah. active. It's Nobody not, goes yeah. to Walmart. It's like Better Call Saul when he was like, he put the accent on. Donald Trump did. Have you ever heard yeah. those? Yeah. He was his own publicist. Yeah. So Unbelievable. You don't go to Walmart and try to negotiate with the person at the front counter and be like, I want this thing for yeah. eight bucks, no, not 10. They're like, it's Walmart, that. dude. Yeah. Are you crazy? Yeah. So the same thing applies. I can't get Justin Bieber on the phone right now. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of levels between him. Is Justin Bieber a human being just like you and me? Yeah. Of course. At the end of the day, someone's talking to him. Yeah. So it's how difficult the person is to get to and the perceived value of what they offer yeah. that delineates what their cost is. Makes and a sense. lot of perception is something you can create. Yep. I agree with that. Right? I agree with that. I got a question for you. If I go through every single event that you did in the last year, all of them, and I average it out, what do you think uh, the type of event is that you're doing most often? Is it corporate work? Corporate. Is it celebrity work? Like 100%, it's always usually corporate. Oh, it's not 100%. Okay. I would say that it would probably skew towards somewhere between 15 to 20% is um, private events. Okay. Like very high-end private sure, events, like sure. a birthday party, yeah. uh, you know, like- Go out to the like, Hamptons, you know, yep, Bob Mitzvah like or something. Just crazy. Yeah. I just have crazy, like I just, I, like I did one in Paris for this girl's 24th birthday. They had like just mega stars. You know, I open for a lot of big, big stars a lot of the time. Okay. Like this year I've okay. opened for Alicia Keys, for Neo, for- uh, like Rufus DeSalle recently, like just a lot of different people, which is That's one pretty, of the fun parts of the gig. That's pretty cool. Uh, but then a lot of corporate events, and then I do a lot of things I like to give back. There's a lot of cherry fundraisers, galas, things where I help them to raise money as well. And then for corporate events, things like sales meetings, incentive travel, senior leadership, partner retreats, you know, events ranging from maybe 50 people, really small, intimate top performers, yeah. to thousands of people, okay. like 4,000 people recently at the Mandalay Bay Convention wow. Center. Wow, A to Z. You mentioned keeping momentum and you talked about being on TV over a hundred plus times. I think there's a lot of people back home that might have a, an idea, some sort of gift, a brand, something of that nature. Right. What recommendation would you give to them if they just wanted one shot to be on TV? Is it get a PR firm? Is it no, nail your no. pitch? Like what is it that has allowed you to be successful in that realm? Right. You need the foot in the door and it's the catch 22 where before you get in there, they're like, what have you already done TV? You're like, nothing. Then what do like, I need the first one to <laughs> get the first something. thing. It's like, I need the recommendation letter to get in, but I haven't done the job yet. Yeah. So I think the number one question I get and I've gotten from other magicians, a lot of them are mentalists will think you got lucky, which is always the silliest thing to me because no, there's no one who got lucky. Anybody you watch on TV, they made their luck. There's no such thing as some agent saw you in the subway, said, oh my God, you're amazing. You're a star. You had to be there showing your talent. And so much of it is, they'll ask me, oh my God, how'd you get on TV? I go, have you ever tried? And they're like, what do you mean tried? And I go, you just answered your own question. Yeah. How could you not have tried? Every one of these TV shows, everything you're looking at has a list of people that work there. You can go on Instagram and in one hour, I will sleuth out who's the executive producer of that show. And you can do, I don't even call it stalking, just the most menial 
Googling, LinkedIn, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, and you will find a way to DM them. And you know what? Try. Do you know the worst thing that's going to happen? They ghost no, you. They and do you know no, what happens? Yeah. Write to a hundred of them. You get one of them, your foot's in the door. You got a toe in the door. But be ready to not only deliver, but over deliver. Yeah. So a lot of those people that will tell me that when they get their shot, they whiff it. And they yeah. whiff it. I'm not going to say they put their, they, they kind of kept, they didn't keep their eye on the ball, but they have this chance. You need to knock it out of the park when you get that chance. It's a numbers game so, too. And it, also sometimes you're not ready. Yeah. I tried out for America's Got Talent two years before I got on. I didn't even get on the show. Two years later, I get third place. Wow. That's a lesson to learn, which is so many of these people, they'll try and they're done. They're, they're, yeah. Their ego's hit. Take ego out of the equation. Yeah. No just means learn from it and improve. In those two years, I did almost 600 shows. When I went there the next time, I was more confident. I was more poised. I was more ready. I went in there not caring because yep. I was like, look how good I'm doing not being on America's Got Talent. Yep. So then when I hammered it, I went in there with this like, I don't care approach that I think is sexy to people. When you go in there, you will kill it if you're not nervous. Again, it's that tension. It's that if you feel like something's riding out and you're nervous, people can feel they your can nerves. Feel yeah. When you go in there like you own the place and you don't care what happens, there's something about that. That's, That's something you can taste. You can feel it in your bones when somebody has that confidence, not overconfident, yeah. but confidence. That's, that a it's a right? That's a fine line. It's a fine line. It's a fine line. You have yeah. to really hug that line, but know yourself, believe in yourself. And when the time is right, you know, you just have to keep like, there's a lot of things. I have goals. I write them down. What I want to do this year, next year, next year. And when I talk about them, it's not if I'm going to do it, it's when I'm going to do, do it. And yeah. I believe it to my core. Yeah. You're dropping gems out here. I mean, there's so many good pieces of advice that you just give, gave right there. It also, I love the idea of when you ask the person, well, what have you done? Right. You have to do something. And people think it's just going to come at your front door. They think it's just going to be an email that's sent to you, come to the show. No. I just talked to Brock over there from Vanderpump Rules. He has had a ton of success on TV. And one of the things he said is he wanted to get on Survivor. He looked at the casting director, found out who the casting director was, followed him on Instagram, saw that he was at the coffee shop right next door. What did he do? He got up, put his shorts on, went next door, talked to him, had a cup of coffee, might be on Boom. Survivor, right? Like that's what and it reminded me of when you said that. Listen more. Listen more to yeah. people around you. I did events and one of the luckiest things I get to do is be around incredibly successful, intelligent and driven people that hire me totally. because kind of as you get to new tiers of events that you do and these people that are very successful, they surround themselves generally with other people that are the same level of success or ambition, right? It's very rare that you find people at the top of the food chain, billionaires mm -hmm. who are hanging around people. I'm not trying to knock it. It has nothing to do with money, but money is generally a scorecard in life indicative of not always, you could have inherited of your drive. Yep. No one gets to be a billionaire without absolute determination because sure. they didn't just stop when their company got to a level. They kept at Go it. They away. bought more companies. They scaled. They did things. And so listen to them. Yeah. A lot of the time you turn your ears off and you just do what you do. And when you get those opportunities, this doesn't have to be billionaires. You could just be yeah. in your local neighborhood and the big ballers by you. Maybe they own a company. Maybe they work at a golf club. Maybe just listen to the people around you and the gems they will give you. This can be for investment opportunities for ways to market yourself, maybe just for pure connections. Hmm. When I was doing shows and I was starting off in restaurants or bar mitzvahs and bar yeah. mitzvahs, so many people would be like, oh my God, it was amazing. Uh, you know, we had this guy at my company and I go, I do that as well, even when I hadn't done it. Ooh, and I'm like, like, that's that. terrific. And they're like, you really do? And I go, exactly what you do here, but you know, it's different for a corporate event. And I go, let me get your card. Let me give you a little more information about what I do. Don't wait for them to call you. Yeah. Get that business card, follow up. It's pretty intense because you have to, you're like, 
you're the ultimate entrepreneur because you have to perform, entertain, and you have to sell yourself. I mean, we all do, like, my friend. Yeah. If you don't think you're performing right now, that's everyone's performing. You could be a teacher. I say that. You could be a housewife. You know what you're performing and selling? You're selling attention. Yeah. Which is, are your kids listening to you? If you're a dentist, you want more clients, you want word of mouth. You want to not only be hammering on all fronts where you're doing a great job and a service, but everything surrounding it, the ancillary experience, are mm -hmm. your people calling back? Are you, you know, I, I think people just let leads fall through their fingers yeah. because they're waiting for the phone to ring. Right. Make the phone ring. Call them. Follow up. I always, I love it when people are like, well, I tried. How hard did you try? Yeah. Did you put a note to follow up again in three months, in six months, remember their birthday? Anytime we get a call for an event, that doesn't book for whatever reason, we check in on them a few days later and say, we hope your event went amazing. I hope it was a huge success. Like talk to them and maybe say something about them that you remember that you gleaned from your notes yep. and then say, just want to make sure O stays on your radar. My manager does that after every event we didn't book. The one that got away, you become top of mind again and you show that you cared. And who knows if they book you or they don't, but you know what? It costs $0 to send an email. You send 100 of those, two turn into bookings, that's big bucks. I like that. Keep the doors open. Keeping doors open will lead to future success. We've talked a lot about really, really good pieces of advice for anyone to have success that you've applied to your career. Let me turn the table. Let's talk a little failure. Have you ever had a moment where you're on stage, live cameras, live people watching, and a trick just went to shit? And <laughs> if so, what do you do? How'd you react? So- in my stage show, yeah. it happens a lot, but it's on, I don't want to say it's on purpose, but I take big swings. So if you're watching a show like mine, and when I say a show, not like a three minute TV clip where you really want to nail it, because yeah. if you mess up, it doesn't look as good. Yeah. But in live stage shows, which is the bulk of my life, and it's a 45 minute show they hire me for, if something goes a little wrong or even wrong, I guess something and I get the name off by a few letters or I, I just whiff, it makes the rest of the show more impressive. Huh. because anyone watching who's like this is fake this is set up they go well he didn't just try to mess up in front of four thousand people on purpose like why yeah. would you do that that's really a hard ego blow everyone becomes quiet and so there's something about that that makes everything else all of a sudden more impressive it's like when you watch a figure skater who falls during one of those triple axles because everything else looks easy you're like i could yeah. do that yeah you see them bite it bam hit their hip you're like wow that that's pretty damn hard yeah. so it lets you feel the danger again in a tv act I've overprepared to like the nth degree. Okay. So when things go wrong, almost always I have another plan. But I can tell you there's ones I could show you. Like you could Google. I did one with John Cena yeah. that oh, I cool. posted recently. Oh, yeah. I saw Google that on it. Instagram. Google it on yeah. Today Show. Yeah, yeah, Today yeah. Show John Cena. That thing has 20x the comments because people caught me in part of it. They busted it. Huh. So it's amazing because for social media, yeah. failure is better. It gets, yeah, it gets way more, more engagement. engagement. That's true. So it's very funny how that works because everyone wants to comment. Be like, dude, look at 108. I see what he did. Look up his sleeve. But and when they busted you, then what, you just own it? You're just like, got me? I am letting you know I'm not really Harry Potter, bro. <laughs> I'm not, I don't I'm not. actually have magical powers. <laughs> if I did, it's I'd actually a skill that I've trained. I and at the end of the that. day, it ain't a card trick. A card yeah. trick always works because if you pick that card, you put it back in. I've trained it. I know it's going to work. Yeah. I'm telling you flat out, what I'm doing is not a card trick. It's not supernatural. It's not psychic. But I'm reading people and people change their minds. People shift. And I know if I got it right every time, yeah. this would be a magic show. Yeah. So what, like in that situation, you screw up the trick. You got John Cena, who's already an intimidating dude. Right. And then like it's over and like they move to the next segment. Are the producers like, shit, man, I'm sorry. Like how, no. what's the reaction? So, to no, like, uh, you know, I'm just curious about that. It's like, it's like nothing's worse than somebody saying sorry to you. I like, know. And I'm like, like, I'm sorry, oh, man. No. Uh, so 
you better get a lot of it right or else you're not getting called back. So if you get 10% wrong, does that make That's sense? That's okay, yeah. But a lot of the yeah, time, yeah. think of a movie. Yeah. You only get to see in the movie what the director shows you, sure. right? They cut, there's all this footage, there's director's cuts. Yeah. So in a lot of things I do, it's not linear. It's not like point A to point B. There might be point B, C, D, E before we get to F. So I have different endings to the movie. Pick your okay. own adventure. Okay. And so you might not know that three things went wrong. You might not know it. You, you might have no idea watching, but me, I'm sitting there dying on the inside because all these things are going wrong for me, but I've planned for it. So I have all these other outs is what gotcha. they call it. Like I have other things I'm doing so that it ends. We land that ship, but we didn't land it quite the way I wanted or as amazing as I wanted, but 90% is good to you is still pretty damn good. I, I got you. I love that. That's a really good piece of advice. Time is Have a backup up. plan. Have a backup plan. And I also think the big, to me, what I just took away too, you go to a presentation, you go to a meeting, you have a date night with your partner, whatever it is. If 90% goes great and 10% is, is wrong or failed, that's okay. That's still right. 90% of great stuff. So don't beat yourself up. I want to ask you about this though. Now more than ever, people are shifting their careers. They're changing what they do. You got a great job. You're on Wall Street. You're yep. making big bucks. And I know you're chasing your hobby and your passion, but at what point financially do you make the decision that you're going to take this passion and go full time? Was your thought process, I have to have this amount of money saved up? Was your thought process, this passion must supplement this income? What was the driving force there? Because a lot of people right now are in this predicament. A lot of people. And you can't sugarcoat this. A lot of people are like, just go for your passion. You know, when rubber meets the pavement, like you got to pay bills, man. You got to put food on the table and you also need to know what your nut is, what your expenses are. Mm -hmm. I was in a lucky situation. Now I'm married. I have a fourth kid on the way, like very different life that if I had a job on Wall Street now and had to quit to be a mentalist mm -hmm. and it was uncertain like it was at the time, I might not take that leap of faith. Got it. So I think timing is very key in life. Know where you are and know how much do I hate what I'm doing and can this really become my, my living? So what I was doing is I was building up my business on the side. While I worked on Wall Street, I was at those restaurants. I was networking with event planners. I was saying to myself, where are the parties that I can perform at? And who are the people that book those parties that will pay me the money so that I can start doing shows? And I, that's how I did it. I always worked at restaurants. I would go to a restaurant. I had a whole sales pitch. I go between 2 and 4 p.m., it's quiet. But I learned restaurants that. aren't paying much, right? So you're just you're missing this. it. Restaurants are a feeder. So people They're that go to the a restaurant, party. if you're in the Upper East Side going okay. to a steakhouse or you went to like corporate expense account type uh, places, Italian sure. steakhouses, which I found were my sweet spot, <laughs> yeah. not corporate owned, because then there's a chain of command that they have to run up the rung to say, can we approve this? I go to a person who owns the restaurant themselves and I would go there, wow the bartender between 2 and 4 p.m. when they're quiet. Then, and I go there as a client, as a customer, not as somebody pitching. Because okay. if you're a salesperson, think about when you walk up to somebody as a salesperson, like, I don't want to buy it. I don't want to buy it. Exactly. No, 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 it's defense. No, no. Yeah. But if I'm there buying a drink for 10 bucks, you're serving me. You're kind to me. And then I say, by the way, watch this. And I turn $5 into 500. So like, oh my, what's <laughs> And they go, I, I want to get, get the waiters over. Then they get the manager over. Suddenly I've got a crowd. Suddenly I do one of my best tricks. And big, leave them wanting more. That's in every element of life. Don't overstay your welcome. And I do something for the manager. And I say, you know, I've been here a couple of times. This place is amazing. I go, I've noticed Tuesday and Wednesdays, bit of a slower night for you. I go, why have you ever had entertainment here? And now as soon as they go, oh no, we don't do that. Like any of those things, be prepared. Sales 101. Say, I'm going to come on Tuesday and I'm going to show you that not only will every person that leaves talk about how great this was, but they're going to bring more people in. No money. Do not pay me a penny. Wow. I'm going to come in Tuesday night. If at the end of the night, 
Not every single person walks out telling you it was the best thing they've ever seen and they're coming back with friends. We shake hands, we say goodbye. You had a fun night of entertainment, just like what you had. I get a yes on the spot. It's a no lose. It's a win, win, win. There's no losing. There's no decision making. He goes, I want to talk to my boss. I go, look like a superstar to your boss. Let's lock this in now. If you don't love me that night, I leave. You'll never see me again. I go, you're going to be begging me to come back Tuesday night. You'll see. And instead of, if somebody wanted to tip me that night, I say, keep the money, keep the money. I don't want tips. I want you to tell them how much you enjoyed it tonight and how you want to come back. And if ever they have a person sending a plate back or someone's waiting too long, I say, bring me to them. Right now they're in a pissy mood. They're a little mad. Their Yelp review just went to three stars. We're going to get them right back up to five, baby. I go up to that person. I win them back over. I'm not showing how great I am. I'm making your business run smoother. That's my secret in success. I never focus on me. I focus on you. What can I do to help you? Whether you're the CEO of a multinational whether you're running a charity organization, that's been my secret to success or a TV producer. That's interesting. I also think of like the, the idea of not getting stuck on the immediate money and looking at the bigger picture. Bigger picture, I man. Have to, I have to imagine you have a story where, you know, I don't know, I'm guessing, right? Restaurant pays you 300 bucks a night or something, 200 bucks a night. You're not making that much yeah, from brass that. Brass tax. I took a huge haircut. When I quit my job on Wall Street, the next year I made half as much money as I did. But I had been saving up money throughout. I'd been leaving, living lean. Me and my girlfriend at the time lived together. It's Manhattan, so it's expensive. Yeah. But I looked at my numbers uh, and I had one of those like aha, epiphany, Oprah type moments where I was talking <laughs> to a magician. I never thought you could be a professional magician. Yeah, I thought that's like being a movie star. How the hell do you become yeah, a movie star? I see David Brad Pitt in a movie, but I can't be Brad Pitt, sure, right? Sure. But he had to become Brad Pitt. Yeah, of course. So you have to have a switch flipped where you suddenly believe in yourself like yeah. that Neo- I'm the one moment. And I had that where another magician who I used to do his overflow work. He would okay. book me for gigs he couldn't do or that were too cheap for him. Okay. And he booked me, which is a lot of how we do it. Like you book other people if you can't do it. Of course. And he just said to me, are you still working at Merrill? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, why? And I was like, what do you mean? Why? He's like, I got a paycheck. And he's like, well, yeah, do you Manhattan love it? Apartment. He just broke it down. Super simple. Super. Just ask yourself questions. You would ask a five-year-old. Do you love what you do? Yes or no? Answer it. No. Okay. What do you need? What's compelling you to do it? Well, I got to make this much money. How much money do you need to make for real? Mm-hmm. And, and then start breaking down what would you need to sell or what would you need to do in terms of your service business? And then instead of just looking at it as a big goal that's impossible to attain, break it down. And he broke it down for me. He's like, this is how much you're making at restaurants. This is how much you're making at gigs. What if you raise your rates 20%? How many more shows do you need a year? 30? That's one show every two weeks. What's the problem? And I literally looked wow. at him and it felt like somebody just, and I go, what is the problem? Like, I'm like, I, I could do that. Yeah. But you can't do that while you're still at the corporate job. You got to jump in the pool. You can't just dip your toes in. And so I pulled the parachute at a certain point and said, you know what? It's now or never. And give yeah. yourself an end point. If it's not in a year working, look for another job. But I need a year where I'm hungry. I wake up in the morning sitting on the couch and I don't know where the paycheck's coming from because without being hungry, you will not get pushed to that level. Guys, that is a masterclass in how to take a shot, literally step by step. And if you don't take the shot, you'll always wonder what, because it's you not got one life, come baby. To, you like, got one life. Time is finite, and if you don't do it, you, you know you're just going to be wondering why me, why it hasn't come. But you have to go all in. I love that perspective. Uh, Oz, I could talk to you for like another two hours. This is so <laughs> insightful. I have a million questions, but unfortunately, we got to wrap. But before we wrap, we did do some stuff before the show. You do know, I want to bring gears. that to light. Yeah, but not forget that. Here's okay. what I do. I mentioned to you. I kind of said to you, 
uh, a card trick is where you pick a card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And you put the card in, I find it. it. I want you to picture this right now. In yeah. the moment, impulsive. Forget anything. Yeah. I want you to imagine you've got a deck of cards in your hand. Yeah. Right now, imagine Okay. It. And you shuffle them up. You okay. shuffle them up. Okay? And right now, you stop and you don't even know. This is as random as it gets. This is in this moment. You got to let them know, Jason. You have no idea what's about to happen. In no this idea. Moment. No idea. And you pull the top card off and you look at that top card. Okay. Okay. Random. And you look at that card and you say, nah, just random. It, it, imagine you could see what that card is in this moment. But you go, no, nah, it's not for me. It's not for me. And you throw that card away. Throw it for me. I'm throwing this throw one away. Throw it away, baby. You I got book, it. Restart. We restart right now. We're gone. So I got that one. That yeah, one's gone. That okay. one, no, that, just a random one. Okay. And you start throwing cards off the deck. Just one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. Because what people are learning, if they're listening to your podcast, they want something bigger. They want something more out of life. So I want you to throw all those cards away. Cards are gone. And we want that secret ingredient. Imagine, this is the part that's great, that you got one extra card in your pocket. Yeah. This is the one. You reach in your pocket right now, okay. and you take out an invisible card, and this is your favorite card of the day, baby. Okay. This wasn't even in the deck. Just imagine it in your hand right now. Got it. Don't say anything, but think red or black. Red. Don't, 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 oh, no, don't, don't say. Oh, uh, my shit, bad, my shit. bad. Well, now we know it's red. Okay. You ask me, how do you read minds? When people tell you the thing. <laughs> but that doesn't give much away. That's 26 cards in the deck, but don't say anything because there's hearts and diamonds. Don't say hearts, diamonds. Oh. Don't say. Two, three, four, five, eight, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Jack, queen, king. See, your body reacts to things that you can't control. I want you to come a little closer to me. Bring that card a little closer. Be honest. When I told you to go through that deck of cards, mm -hmm. you could have thought, of any card, that first card you plucked, that second card, anyone, when you reached in that pocket, that could have been anything. That is a card that you are literally thinking of, right? Yeah. And here's the thing. I want to take it and change it from a thought to kind of reality. Imagine I could pluck that out. Okay. Tell us, what card were you picturing in your hand? What was your favorite of the day? Say it. Uh, Ten of diamonds. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. It's kind of like when the grass is greener and you yeah. see a card. I had you think of your favorite card of the day. Yes. And you were like, I'm on the fence. Yeah. I like the Ten of diamonds. But were you thinking of one right before that? What yes, was that I, one? That was Ace of Diamonds. Go big or go home, baby. The Ace of Diamonds. Okay, that's messed up. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> How'd you know that? And you know what? A poker man, a poker man. But let me ask you a question. If I told you to pick up the phone right now. This is messed and, up. And just start going through. And you know when you go through and Facebook gives you a memory from five years ago? Yeah. And you're like, you know, man, I can't believe where I was. If I told you to go back in time, do you remember the name of your first grade teacher? Yes. But I could have looked that up. I could have looked that it's up. True. Anyone knowing this could be like, he could have Googled you, Jason, so easy, you're a public figure. But close your eyes. Okay. And I'm going back to something that before today, I'm hoping you have not thought of this person in ages. Okay. <laughs> a kid that you have history with, but like popped in your head and you don't even know why. And ideally, this is not a common name, okay. is it? This person is not like, I, I, I can't have, is this, open your eyes, open your eyes. Okay. Is this a common name or pretty uncommon? Uh, I'd say relatively uncommon. Re re okay. You know, and it's have uncommon. you spoken to this person recently or no. hard stop? No way. No. Without saying it out loud, without saying it out loud, count how many letters are in this person's first name just in your head, just in your head, just in your head. Relatively quick, but it wasn't instant. An instant count means you didn't count, you knew. If the name is three or four letters, people don't count. They just know. Dan, Bill, bam. If the name is really long, like Alexander, it's a struggle. You're like, God, Alex. <laughs> so that name, just by how long it took you to look at me. You can already get that down. I, you could do it now after I just showed you that. And I know it's either five or six letters. And now look at that. The shifting. People <laughs> shift when you get stuff right. People shift because they're like, oh, God, it's five letters, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right.
be honest. I walk in this room. You had never met me before in, my, in your life. Okay. And before I ask you to think of this kid, when was the last time this person's name had even entered your brain? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Years? Yeah, yeah, decade. He just thought of somebody he hasn't talked to in decades. I'm writing this down. For people listening on a podcast, I am done writing. I can't change this. <laughs> Say it. What's his name? Chase? Chase is his oh name. Is exactly what I wrote God, down. That's insane. <laughs> oh, the fuck? <laughs> what? That's crazy. <laughs> How'd you do that? You ready? Chase, come on out. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. my God. This kid bolts in. He's like, we played hockey together, bro. Oh, my He's like, how'd you know that? God, that is insane. I'm blown away. All right. I've never been able to not finish a podcast, but here we are. Uh, I've had that effect on people. They're like, I'm done. I don't know what to do next. Wow. I'm be thinking about this for the You got that on camera? All right. I'm going to watch <laughs> that back. All right. Oh, trading secret. I'm mind blown here. You got to leave us with one trading secret. Maybe it could be something about that trick. Maybe it could be something about your life, career, navigation. One trading secret we can only get from you, O's, as I'm over here, mind blown, trying to figure out what the fuck you just did. Honestly, What's your trading it, it, secret? It's cheesy, but find your superpower. Find what it is that you can... I, I decide a certain point that I need to do something either different than everyone else or better than everyone else. And whatever that is, it could be a small spin or a small take, but decide what that is for you. Maybe it's, you know you can bake cookies better than anyone or maybe you've got like some widget that you're designing or maybe right now you know it's a digital era where you can with the push of a button with your phone be seen by millions if not tens of millions of people like there's never been a time in history that more people can see what you do than now i'm not saying you have to be an influencer or anything like that but there's so much opportunity right now and potential i know you've had gary v on here and it's Mm -hmm. like people are so inspiring that show you that you can make it happen. And if that's a normal day job, there's nothing wrong with that man putting food on your table. Not everyone has to have a side hustle, but whatever you do, do it better than anyone else or do something different that really uniquely makes you stand out. Wow. All right. That is unbelievable trading secret. I'm still scratching my head. The chase one, the ace of diamonds is insane, but the chase one is nuts. What a great trading secret. So many gems you dropped today. Oh, where can people find you and everything you have going on? You know, I've got a website, but I don't know who goes to websites anymore. It's ozperlman.com. It looks like Oz. Blame my parents. It's an Israeli, but <laughs> O-Z Perlman. But honestly, social is the biggest, at O-Z The Mentalist. So that's where you see all my TV appearances, my touring dates, uh, a lot of big TV stuff coming up this year. I'm super psyched. Uh, if you're a football fan, watch some stuff on NFL next season. Watch the stuff I did for the, the Bucks, the Ravens, and the Seahawks. You're going to get a real kick out of that. These guys went nuts. You never had an intense thing until you've had like 300-pound men pick you up and kind of pass <laughs> you around a room. It was absolutely bananas. Are the Bills going to win the Super Bowl? Buffalo Bills? I don't think they are, my friend. I'm really sorry. I know you're all Buffalo, but Shit. I can't. That, that is not in my prediction at the moment. You're oh going to kill me. I'm God. sorry. It's like you just told me the future of my next year, and I'm I like love you. I love now. you. They'll make the all playoffs, right. though. I got a good right. playoffs feeling. All you right. can't win it every year. If they make the Super Bowl, though. I'm coming back to you. I'm replaying. Be this. mad at me. We'll I got see. it wrong this year. I, I do not. Just so you feel, I said Eagles going to win this thing. Okay. Even though I was there at the game and the officiating at the end was, was a little trash. fishy, but it was like trash. I'm not. You know what? Spilled milk, baby. Spilled milk. Spill. There you go. Oh, thank you so much for being on this episode of Trading Secrets, guys. Go give them a follow. You'll be blown away by this, and hopefully, there's so many things you could take away from this episode that'll help you in your professional life. Thanks for being on Trading Secrets. Thanks for having me. What a blast. <laughs> We are closing in the bell on the Halloween special with O's, the mentalist. What an episode. Whole lot of action. I think the timing's perfect, right? 
We know this week's a little wild with Halloween. People are getting dressed up. There's things around the corner, left, right, center, and there's magic in the air. And what a better time than to have the one and only O's the Mentalist on. David, what, I'm curious, because I don't know. Like, this is the kind of episode I'm going to throw to you, and I don't know if you're going to be like, what the fuck was that? At the start of the interview, you said my curiosities are running wild. And if your curiosities are running wild, my curiosities are running wild. I got to start at the end, though, when he did some mentalist mind tricks on you. You talked Halloween. You talked spooky. Was it spooky when he guessed your boy's name, Chase, who you haven't talked to in a decade, when he had the Ace of, Ace of Diamonds written down? Tell me about that, seeing it firsthand. I'm a skeptic with, like, all things. I don't know. I'm like, is it real until I see it? And I saw it, and I still, to this day, don't understand how. I, don't, I didn't give him hints. I didn't say anything. Like, where does he pull it from? The only thing I can think of is, like, process of elimination. But my little logical brain, David, is just like, how? Are you annoyed? How, how, how? Were you annoyed? Yeah. Is the first, is the first thing your brain go to, <laughs> how does he actually use this? in other realms of life and he's just not telling me like i'm never you're never sitting down at a poker table with this guy ever well th that's a good question because i think is it just the trick or can literally back into process of elimination and figure things out quickly ashley yes. my wife yes. used to go to mama medium she had a show on tlc mama medium and she was from rochester and so she used to go to the medium all the time and i used to be like there's no way that's bs like small community people probably know you I saw Mama Medium at her restaurant one time, and she came up to me, and she goes, can I give a reading on you? She's like, oh, this is my... She's like, yeah, I've heard a lot about you, blah, blah, blah. And long story short, not to, not to bore everyone, she gave me a reading, and she said that she basically was having a conversation in that moment with my, my grandmother, who had passed away, described her to an absolute T, and basically said that she wasn't around when I married Ashley, that she approves of Ashley, and she has our baby boy picked out whenever we're ready. I don't think I've ever told you this. What? But she did it all in her accents with the Italian fingers. Oh she said she's standing there. She keeps saying, bambino, bambino, baby boy. And I was in this restaurant crying my eyes out. And sure enough, fast forward, I mean, Ashley and I have a baby boy. And, and uh, another small thing, too, on the back of Carter's neck, it's all red. And they say it's stork neck. And they say that a stork neck is from, like, someone in heaven kissing your child on his way out. Yeah. So when you were get when that was happening to you, and I know you're oh. a skeptic, I'm a skeptic in these things, it definitely is a superpower, Jay. And one th question that I do have for you now is his trading secrets was find your superpower. What do you think when he says that, and obviously you internally reflect, what do you think your superpower is, Jason Tartik? Ooh, I like this question because I think everyone at home should do the same practice. Like I think right now when you're thinking or you're driving or running or however you're doing or what you're doing when you're listening to this, ask yourself, what is your superpower? I think it's a great question. David, I'm going to answer that. I'm going to say, let's say like, what is my business superpower? I think my business superpower is if you put me in any room or situation I am going to quickly be able to understand the individual's personality type, the tone in which they want to be spoken to, how they interact. Are they touchy? Are they standoffish, standoffish, warm, cold? I could just read someone and then adapt accordingly to create a situation in which we all feel comfortable. Like that's my big thing is like, how do I take a situation where like everyone's guards up and we're all worried and everyone's free and just 
We're good. It's all good here. We're we're in a safe place. I think that's my superpower. That's my business superpower. I want to hear yours. You'd have an amazing, uncanny ability to be adaptable in situations and bring the best version of yourself in all those situations for the benefit of those around you. I do think my superpower in life is I'm not able to do what you do and separate. I'm kind of just one person all the way through. But I think my superpower is being able to give good advice. I'm just going to throw that on the table. You do give just great advice. Great. You're, and you're good at you're good at sitting back, analyzing the interactions, and then reading kind of the psychology of like the behaviors of those interactions and why, and then pulling in advice for that. I appreciate situation. that. Because that's that. a bold one to throw out there. So and there's been some advice given and you've you've taken some advice and heard or asked for some advice. So you'd be a good one to judge that and you would tell me if it was bullshit too. So I appreciate that. Hell yeah. Good advice. And I think that's also mm-hmm. which makes you such a good coach. You're dealing with kids all the day time and they need advice. They need life advice. They need coaching advice. They need work advice. Like all those things. So that's good. Well David, yeah. hang on. Let's put you on the spot here. Someone back home right now, they're struggling personally maybe professionally, they're struggling with something. Number one, you have to find something that truly makes you happy. And then you have to find a way to adapt that in your life. And it doesn't mean you got to have a career change. It doesn't matter. But make sure that you're understanding what makes you happy and funnel that. And what isn't making you happy, take that out of your life. If you find that, you, that a TV show that you're watching is getting you hot, bothered, and mad, stop watching the TV show. If you want to start taking some time and, and you love sports or you love dance or you love um, knitting or you love something, search a community that's out there, just input in a part of your life. And that's called the snowball effect. Once you start with it, you're going to run with it because the things that bring you joy are going to be things that you turn to and that you want to absorb more of your time. In. And if we're sleeping eight hours a day, we only get 16 hours left. So what are we doing with those? Well, I would rather spend a majority of them doing things that I like than things that are bringing me down. So find that thing, find your passion. And most importantly, find people who support it too, because life is all about community. Your family, your friends, those are one thing, but people who share the same interests and things that you're passionate about, that's where you really get cooking in the kitchen with the gas. And that is why it is your superpower. I thought this episode was going to be all like, oh, here's a magic trick. Here's a magic trick. Here's a mentalist. Oh, my mind blown. I'm mind blown. It actually, I think for the first 40 minutes of it was like a ton of business advice, like a ton of like, or just like things applicable. Like he talked about soft skills. Um, a couple things I obviously love when people have name, uh, like saving name tricks, like how to remember someone's name. Um, that's always good to have because struggle, but Jay, I've seen, I think Hawk does this. He was saying that he has notes in his phone for basically every person that he meets. So he was like, for you, he's like, I'm putting in there that you're a big Michigan fan. Like someone got a new dog. Someone had a kid. Do you do anything like that? Do you have note tracking or like note tracking of people that you come across that you meet i try and remember one thing from someone so yesterday i'm I'm at tyler cameron's event right meet this individual this individual's from pittsburgh Mm -hmm. and so i kept bringing Mm -hmm. up pittsburgh because i know the city and that and then i just remembered like oh like saw him later i was like oh pittsburgh how we doing over like so i try to remember like one big thing that identifies someone i use the notes app for everything i i budget on the notes app i've i but this is like i want to do it but i didn't even know where i would start with it Go give us five stars in the ratings right now, guys, and let us know. Mm. What do you use your notes app for? Like, do you write notes on people? Do you write emotion, feelings, things I, things I don't want to forget? I have my Wegmans grocery list. I have, uh, I, I use it for everything. Budgeting. I use it for note taking. Well, duh, it's called notes app, you idiot. That's really what <laughs> I use it for. One of my favorites is the Any List. A-N-Y-L-I-S-T. Okay. Any List. 
Okay, here we go. We're going to give something away from the Influencer yeah, Closet. Are. 16 Still Learning. Jason, I have recommended your podcast to so many young people in business. Vivian, too, was an absolute rock star. She inspired me because she was incredibly smart. But moreover, she is a shark who seems fearless in business. Her confidence inspired me. Thank you. Also, David, there was someone who DM'd me, and she was very sweet, and she loves you, and she was very complimentary. But she asked about the Vivian, too, thing and said, do you think it is possibly David thought that about Vivian because she is a woman and we don't hear women speak about money like that. But if it was a man that you would have maybe been like more accustomed to it and just been like had a different opinion. Like my reaction to what exactly? Sorry. Remember how like you're just like too much money. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, rich BFF. I think that if a guy was talking about money to the means of that, I would have probably categorized him or, or. I don't want to say judge, but I probably would have categorized them in a different realm. Um, I just, when people talk about money, like it's their only priority in life, back to me giving advice, like you're short on something, right? It's like when the, when the, the small man syndrome, when the small guy has a truck that he can barely get into because it's so big, it's like you're, you're compensating for something. So my advice to that, and, and, you know, I want all men and women to get as much money as they can. That's the base of this podcast. I also want them to have a, where the curious Canadian comes in is just a regular Joe off the street. I want them to have a well-balanced, fulfilled life as well. Um, I just didn't get those vibes when it got came up with which BFF. She's rich. She loves money. She's centered her decisions around money. She's positioned her career moves and her life moves around money. Good for her. She's crushing. She makes way more money than me. Um, so she's winning that battle. And But I, you know, it's not woman or man. Absolutely not. I want everybody to have money, but also have life perspectives. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Great piece of advice. I'm glad we cleared love it up. I would love to see this guy in person. You go, anytime you can see it and believe it with these guys, like he said, his restaurant, dude, his restaurant analogy of how he goes in there as a customer and then brings this idea, makes friends, goes at two to four. Like This guy's strategy, his strategy, if you're going to take anything out of this podcast, be strategic, man. Just think. If you want something, make it happen. Be strategic. Immerse yourself in it. Um, he was just incredible. And seeing these people live is incredible. I've seen him before, too, at holiday parties and Christmas parties for my old bosses, hedge fund parties. They're, they they will take your breath away. I love it. Everyone, I hope you enjoyed the O's episode here. It was really special. Check him out everywhere that you can. Hopefully, you took something away from this. I know I did. And think about this. What is your superpower? I hope you're having one hell of a Halloween week. O's the Mentalist. That was another episode of Trading Secrets. Hopefully, one you couldn't afford to miss. Bringing that money.